So there's been a lot of talk about the difference between the Max model, the iPhone 12 Pro Max, and the regular iPhone 12 Pro, which is the device I've been using. There's been talk about how there's not a big difference, and then there's been talk about how there is a difference. Hmm. And there's a, it's a little bit of a... Well, I wouldn't call it a dispute, but, you know, the tech community is curious. People are trying to figure out how to talk about this stuff, what to recommend, or just how to reference the performance difference between these two devices because it's the first time, it's the first generation that we had a difference between pro models. Mm -hmm. That there's actually a functional difference beyond the stuff I've been talking about, you know, scale and battery life and things yeah. like this. It's a different camera. It is a different camera. And... It's been hard to showcase that because both the cameras are very good. Mm -hmm. And if you uh, feed enough light to either of these pro cameras, you can be like, that's a nice photo. That's a great picture. Yep. And what we're starting to recognize as time goes on, well, I recognized it pretty much right away when I was just doing a video and I finally got the Max model. Mm -hmm. to, to me, to my eyes, I sort of picked up a subtle improvement. Hmm. But we can make this even more clear when you start to get into the low light stuff. And the reason for this is because you have a bigger, well, you have bigger pixels, mm -hmm. bigger sensor. And this company, Halide, Halide? I don't know how to pronounce that, but this is, this is a third-party camera app on iPhone that's very popular. I think it's the most popular third-party camera app. And, you know, it's for professionals. They want more control over how they're going to make an image. And yep. so... The developer, the head developer of this particular company came out and he's saying, look, here's the differences. Huh. And uh, providing a little bit more clarity as to what to expect or why, maybe why you should go for the Max model. Us users of this year's Pro Max model will find a 47% larger F1.6 wide sensor. With the sensor shift stabilization technology, which we also talked about, and I also showed off, so the whole sensor's moving, and this yeah. is something that, for the most part, has been, well, I think exclusively a feature that you would find on a dedicated camera, not in a smartphone. Mm -hmm. Definitely not in an iPhone. An 87% higher ISO, and of course, the thing we've also talked about, the greater range on the optical zoom at 2.5x. Now, the sensor on the... Uh, iPhone 12 Pro Max, it captures images at 3024 by 4032, which is around 12 megapixels. They could have gone in with the Max model and just given you more megapixels because mm -hmm. they have more room to work with. Or they could keep it the same, a 12 megapixel sensor, but then just have a bigger sensor mm -hmm. and therefore bigger pixels and therefore greater sensitivity and therefore greater performance in low light, which is what they actually went ahead and did. And you have a nice little graphic here, actually, in this article via 9to5Mac, showcasing the scale difference of the new sensor versus the old sensor. It's kind of incredible. 12, meg 12 megapixel, 12 megapixel, but oh, yeah. way bigger. I mean, it takes up almost the whole lens unit. So what this means for you is that, yes, same resolution, different sensor size. You have lots of light coming in. You might not notice quite the difference. However, once you start to throw the low light at it, and I'm not talking pitch black. I mean, there's an example in this particular article of a sunset. What is that? San Francisco? Looks like it. Sunset. And you can see, I mean, I can see a difference on those two images alone. And you can see the difference in the detail. You look to the, to the buildings in the back. 
you look to the skyscrapers in the back. They're just a little bit softer, a little bit uh, less detailed mm -hmm. on the regular Pro. Maybe the tree, Will wants to point out, the tree might look a little different. So yes, there is a difference. And yes, this means that the Max model is the true Pro model. It's the true flagship of the bunch. I get it. For a lot of people, that's going to be subtle, that difference. But this time around, this year, I feel like Apple hasn't really done a good job of showcasing to people these differences right here. Yeah. Like yeah, you walk yeah. in the store and with the branding the way it is, you feel like, oh, the Max is just the bigger pro. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's a whole different ballgame. Do you think that they're going to continue with these uh, subtle changes between the Pro and the Pro Max? Well, it seems to me that they were just taking advantage of the extra space that they had. Mm -hmm. That all of a sudden you had a bigger body to work with, so you were like, well, why don't we just improve it? Mm -hmm. And they probably realized that a lot of enthusiasts were reaching for the bigger scale phones anyways, and so they were going to end up having the highest performer regardless. But I just think for those fringe buyers, the people that are asking me to say, should I get the Pro or the Pro Max?, I, you know, we're not really, we didn't really have a clear signal from Apple themselves yeah. after the presentation. And increasingly, we're getting this stuff and these samples coming out. And we're having to go in there with great granularity to be like, oh, yeah, it's better. And yeah. even when I said it was better on the initial video, people were like, I don't know, is it, is it better? Some other people said, I can't see a difference. Mm -hmm. So it's just part of it is practical in the sense that a person can see the difference. But part of it is people just wanting to have the best one. In all circumstances. Right. One have the best tool in their kit for any scenario. Yeah. And because of the way the branding has been in the past, this could be a little bit misleading this year because of the fact that in the past, the max just meant bigger. Now it means something else. Yes. Yes. And so that's what we have to get across to the audience. The max means something else now. The max means the maximum performance. Yeah. At least in this year. At least right now. Yeah. And so we got to uh, be clear about that. So anyways, of course, you also have the uh, in-body stabilization, which could contribute in low light to getting you a different shutter speed, maybe because of increased ability in the stabilization front. So this variety of different components has created the real pro iPhone, which it turns out is the max model. So you're just going to have to bite the bullet and pick up the bigger body if you want the best camera. And you know, so many photographers out there are on mobile these days. Yeah. They need to know this stuff. Mm -hmm. I would want to know this stuff. Especially uh, right now, Apple's commercials are always about creation. Yes. Like you can be shot on an iPhone kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you kind of want the best. And to be clear, all of all the cameras are great. And we, we, are, we're, yes. we're definitely in the weeds here when we're pixel peeping as we're doing. Mm -hmm. But it's just a thing... People should know, and it should be relatively clear. Yes. Uh, outside of the branding and everything else. And I don't know if Apple should think about a different name completely. I don't know what they should do from a marketing standpoint to get that message out. But just the number of questions I've had flying at me goes to show you that it's not especially clear to the audience. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that just makes the purchase a little harder. But if you're super into photography, you want to best possible tool and you can put up with a slightly bigger phone i mean you got to get go for the max yes and you got to spend the extra cash today's sponsor hbo max you know it's the holidays coming up mm -hmm. will and it's 2020 so 
just like everything else in 2020, you got to come up with some new way to celebrate the holidays because uh, it might not be quite the same. It might look a little different. You might have a little less travel. Um, you might have a little extra time on your hands yeah. for lounging and, and binge watching. Yep. In which case, we want you to have the right selection of content here. And so does HBO Max, of course. Stream all of HBO Plus and even more. Your favorite series, blockbuster movies. It's all on HBO Max. And with the holidays coming up, you know you're going to have to go and track down those, those classics. Those Christmas movies and things like this that you just have to have on. Sometimes you just have to have it on in the background. Mm -hmm. Even if you are with the family members and maybe you have a nice uh, little fire going or something like that. But you in the background, you have the holiday movie on as well to set the mood. Yeah. Why not? Why not? That's the way I look at it. So uh, they have many classic films, including Holiday Affair and A Christmas Carol, like I said. Classics. And, and you know, the other thing too, maybe you're solo. And you're feeling a little nostalgic. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can't travel across the country to be with your family, but there's a film you remember from the childhood. Yeah. The classic that you put on that makes it feel like you are home, even if you can't be home. You see, I'm getting sentimental with you right here. I, I mean, the Fresh Prince, you know. That, I mean, that would take you back right oh, there. Yeah, for sure. So you can get cozy this holiday season, whether you're without, uh, with others or you're keeping it solo. All you got to do is head over to hbom.ax. That's hbom.ax, HBO Max slash Lou Later. I'll put the link down in the description here. And you can check out the HBO Max streaming platform and the inventory. You'd be surprised. It's a, it's a large inventory of selections and titles that are going to be very comforting to you whether it's over the holiday season or just in general. And they do have series as well for the binge watching. Mm -hmm. So you may have a lot of time to kill. You hit up the whole entire series. Once again, that's hbom.ax slash later, or just click the link down in the description. Put on a holiday classic. Put on a holiday favorite. Why don't you? Today's show is also brought to you by HelloFresh. This is, you know, I gotta... I mean, it all ties together, doesn't it? Because... The holidays and the family and the cooking. I mean, you got to have the home-cooked meal, but maybe you're not the best chef. Maybe you don't know what to put together, mm -hmm. how to impress everybody. You'd be surprised. You can do it with HelloFresh. They make it so easy to do because all of a sudden, even a guy like me, even a guy like you, Will, with no experience and no time because you can do it in 30 minutes or less, yep. all of a sudden you're making some exotic thing like some type of taco, some type of, uh, let me see, give you an example here, some type of mozzarella and and herb chicken, some time, uh, type of tostada supremo with pork. I don't know. That sounds delicious. Yeah, and you can actually, tostadas. Uh, you can feel good about it because you're getting a slightly, you know, you're getting a healthier situation. It's the fresh ingredients. And you feel good about yourself when you make something. Yeah. Even when they make it uh, as simple as possible, you get the instructions with the pictures. It's really hard to screw it up. I can speak from experience. And so I'm eating all these things. What was the last one I had? I had the burger. I think it was some sort of a rice, some sort of a rice dish. But either way, I'm always impressed. Every time I pull it out the package, I'm impressed with the freshness of the ingredients. And it just makes it easy to eat a little bit better than you might do strictly on the takeout. Uh, if you haven't tried it yet, now is the time. And you're going to catch a special deal for being a Lou Later viewer and listener. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LouLater90 
Then use the code LULATER90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. That's $90. Mm-hmm. That ain't $9. That's $90. That's big time food. That's a lot of meals. That's a couple of meals. Oh, yeah. You're going to be... Uh, get some uh, mushu pork. Yeah, you're going to be having the mushu <laughs> pork. Exactly. So once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash LULATER90 and use the code LULATER90 or click the link in the description. Then use that code. That'll let them know that we sent you and it will upgrade your meals big time. So you heard about these new laptops Apple put out. A lot of people talking about them. People are big on the M1 stuff. And it's not just the MacBook Pro, it's in the MacBook Air. Now, everyone's changing out all this stuff because these new chips, people love them. They say they're fast. They say they're cool. They say Apple's got control over everything now. I love it. It's in my system. No more Intel. So you might be wondering how they achieved this or what changes were made to the previous models in order to accommodate these new chips. You would think it would have to be some type of overhaul in order to do this. Turns out, not so much. They kind of just slapped this baby right in there. And if you scroll down, it's actually, they, The Verge put one of these cool sliders where you can slide over the previous version of the MacBook Pro and the new version. You see the slider. I mean, don't you love when the websites, they do that? Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. satisfying. You just swipe it over like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so you have the old and you have the new, and they're virtually identical. That's the UFC meme with uh, virtually identical. The, the And the weight of the two con contenders, virtually identical. You don't remember? Oh, that? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it was. What was his name? He doesn't work for the UFC anymore. I can't remember his name right now. Mike Goldberg. Mike Goldberg. Yeah. Well done, Will. I mean, I know. Well done. Come you on. know him personally? You guys pals? Yeah. Cool. Uh, so anyways, the that goes for the MacBook Pro, but it's also the same for the MacBook Air. This is like... Uh, practically a drop-in replacement. Just pull the chip, put the, put the chip, pull the chip, put the chip, and get all the improvements. Now the fan on the pro uh, on the pro model looks essentially the same, though the way it's working will be different. And then on the air, they just get rid of the fan. Yes, that's yeah, that's timeless. that's beautiful thing. I might have to pick up that air. Just get rid of the fan. It's wonderful. Yeah, no Better air, chip. no air for the air. Yeah, the air doesn't need the air. Mm -hmm. It is the air. Incredible stuff. So. Anyway, if you were curious about it, there you have it. They figured out a way to make it almost modular without having to do a complete overhaul. Now, my question becomes, now that they have a little bit more time and they have the silicon, did they go back and really think about the architecture of the rest right. of the unit? And have we even seen what they eventually want to do? Probably not, mm -hmm. right? Well, if you're a company like Apple, you're always working towards that next thing and how you're going to implement it. But for the time being, your MacBook Pro is essentially the same. You yeah. just slapped in some new silicon. Yeah, if you can maximize the space, you know, re-engineer it. Because you would assume you'd have different cooling requirements. You'd yeah. have all kinds of different thresholds that you now, where you now have extra flexibility because you shifted to the M1. You have more control. So it's really the next generation of MacBooks that's going to be right. the one to look at. However, this is still exciting in the meantime. PlayStation 5. You can't find one. Everybody wants one. However, how about this for a little tidbit? Huh. Turns out your gaming experience in some circumstances for the time being may actually be better on the Series X than it is on the PlayStation 5. Really? Yeah, and let me tell you why. Okay. Let me break it down for you. Well, actually, I should just say this came via some information 
from the Rocket League developer, people were wondering why Rocket League on Xbox Series X supported 120 FPS and not on PlayStation 5. And so the Rocket League developer came out and uh, and mentioned that on PlayStation, it takes an entire port of the game to unlock that capability because of the way that the, th the thing is implemented. Mm -hmm. On the Xbox Series X side, since there was support for 120 FPS in the past, it's already baked in. Hmm. So I didn't know this, but previous gener generation Xboxes, the, uh, what is it, the... What was the previous one? The Xbox One X. One X. The X was the powerful one. Mm -hmm. And the Xbox One S were updated a while back to support variable refresh rates. That was in 2018. I didn't even know this. And it also enabled the option for 1440p output. So it was kind of a little bit ahead. Hmm. And because it was ahead, it has meant that for this next generation, when a software developer comes along, they just check a little box. Here we go. Beautiful. Now it's supported. Yeah. They don't need to port the game over. So the PS4 always had 60 hertz. Uh, that's right, 60 right? F 60 frames, yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, the Pro or, model yeah, was 4K 60. 60 frames, yeah. Hmm. But Xbox had that had that capability. It's not that the games I were see. doing it. It's not that the TVs supported it for the most part. That's all really recent stuff with next gen. But since the capability was configured in advance, it meant an easier transition for software developers getting ready for this next gen. Whereas they may not have the resources to go on the PlayStation side, do a complete port in time for the launch, if at all. Mm. Now, uh, in this particular example, it may still very well happen for games like Rocket League. It might be worthwhile to also do the port on the PlayStation side, but it might take longer. So in the meantime, your gaming experience, and I have to be honest, I mean, I'm playing the, uh, the uh, not the Rocket League, I'm playing the, uh, what was I playing, Well, Forza. Yep. I was playing the Forza, and... Like, and here's an example with Dirt 5. Dirt 5, 120 hertz mode enabled. It's just out the gate, you're going to see more of that next gen yeah. on a lot of titles. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, when it comes to uh, the PlayStation titles developed for PS5, those are going to have their own set of rules. But this is mostly for the old games that you want to see the better version of. And this is one of those areas where I feel like Microsoft has a sort of a weird advantage because they're on the PC side as well. Their games... Yeah. They're used to the idea of you upgrade your hardware and the title just goes along with it. Like the ports, the porting. Yeah, the as opposed to you upgrade your hardware and you need all new software. Right. Like that doesn't seem intuitive. Mm -hmm. And so maybe this is a kind of weird sleeper advantage, certainly for in the short term, that Microsoft's going to have. And uh, there's a couple different titles, by the way. This is They mentioned Rocket League, but also Call of Duty Warzone. They only include support for 120 FPS on the Xbox Series X. Mm. So I can see a lot of, you know, Warzone's, are is it still a hot game? I don't know. People are still playing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and with any Call of Duty uh, title, you know, you got the people to play it for years. So if I'm a, a gamer, I play Warzone, and I'm looking at the next-gen consoles, I might be reconsidering my PlayStation purchase right now, thinking, how long is it going to take for me to get 120 frames? Because, you know, it's those type of games the guys want the frames Very anyway. Very competitive. Yeah, it's those type yeah, of games. They want they, the edge. They want the frame. Mm -hmm. So now you may double look at that. You may say, hey, that, they just found that Series X in stock. Maybe I'll take that one. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there for you. It's enticing. Now, here's another problem for PlayStation 5 customers. This one blew my mind, I promise you. This one blew my mind. How commonly this was taking place. 
People were stealing the PlayStation 5s right out. The delivery guys were stealing the PlayStation 5s out of the Amazon boxes. Oh, man. And you scroll down, well, it's going to blow your mind. It, ha- it was happening in the UK. So many people. This guy got a Nerf gun instead. Okay, <laughs> hey, Amazon UK, oh, what's going no. on here? Someone stole my PS5 right out of the box. Wrong item. Where do I get help? So, so one person, it's a, it's a Nerf gun. Another person, it's a foot massager. You scroll down a couple here, you're going to see a foot massager, Will. Imagine, you think it's your PlayStation 5. You stayed up late. You did the pre-order. It ain't there. And you know Amazon can't get you another one. Mm-hmm. These things are impossible to get your hands on. Mm-hmm. You scroll down a little bit more. Somebody got a George Foreman grill. Well, it, that's even better than the PS5, really. How about the it's next great. person down? It looks like, what did they get? They got a... Is, they got rice. They got a bag of rice. Bulgur. Coarse Man, bulgur. You can't be happy with this person <laughs> over This person over here... What did they get? Kitty litter? No, cat food. Cat food. Yeah. So, so there's some sort of scam. People were taking the item out oh, of the man. box, hitting the secondary market because of the markup on these things. It's so hot right now. Or maybe they just want it themselves. I don't yeah. know who's responsible. But you see over here, there's a, a Reddit thread. Uh, multiple people. The driver doesn't get out, pauses for 10 seconds, then drove away. Package then said handed to resident and delivered. But it wasn't. So all types of little weird, and it's been piling up. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of tactics and different ways in which these people's shipments are getting uh, screwed up. Isn't there a way? There's a way to track who sh- who shipped it, who delivered it, right? So I mean, you would think they would get in trouble. You would think somebody's got to be held responsible. But maybe mm-hmm. the argument would be, oh, it wasn't me. It was the person previous that packed the package, or it got stolen on the on the doorstep. I don't know. How this yeah. all, I don't know how this scam works from top to bottom. Yeah. But the point is, this thing is so hot right now that anybody who People can get their hands to, on it, they're yeah. taking it. And not anybody. I mean, I'm, there's plenty that have been delivered properly. But since there's no replacement, it's a different level of uh, aggravation for, yeah. the, for the purchaser. Normally, you get a screw up. You say, okay, send me another one. There is no send me another one. I know. You're dead. Oh. And More that's people. gonna be that's gonna be rough. Yeah. So, anyways, you can go check out all the people. Amazon responded, and they said we're making we're all about making our customers happy. That hasn't happened for a proportion, small proportion of these orders. We're really sorry. We're investigating. We're reaching out to every customer who's had a problem. Some customer customers we've spoken to have been asked to wait forty eight hours to ensure that their deliveries still don't show up out of the blue and others are being given a gift voucher. So, I mean, I don't know what to say. It's a real, it would be a real letdown. Hopefully Amazon can figure it out and secure some extra units to get to these people. <clears throat> However, at least they got a foot massager. I mean, yeah. Or some rice. That beats it, really. <laughs> no, I'm just What would you take out of those uh, those options? The, the Foreman Grill. The Foreman Grill. Yeah, cash. I'm down with that. Yeah, you'd take the, if, you, if you have to take I something. I said it too quick there. <laughs> other than a PlayStation 5, you'd take the Foreman Grill of the uh, what about different you? options. Yeah, I guess you're right yeah. on that. I don't know. I might try out the rice. I'm not really sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a big bag of rice. I mean, it's a it lot is, of rice. Yeah. I could eat for a while on that one. YouTube made some changes recently, kind of quietly in the terms. And, uh, and well, this headline here helps you to remember that they're a very successful company, YouTube. I don't know if you knew that. Well, you ever watched YouTube before? Not at all. No, you ever heard of it? First time. YouTube, having made nearly $13 billion from ads so far this year, decides to place ads on even more videos. So mm. that's just, you know, it's, just, it's, a, it's meant to get your attention, that headline. 
Uh, yes, YouTube makes a lot of money on advertisements. It provides a service I think a lot of people enjoy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, would, I would have to put that out there. Uh, and a lot of people use as a utility like us. I mean, this is what we're doing. We're publishing, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this change may, uh, well, it's definitely noteworthy because previously the way the ad program works is uh, through a partnership, right? Between a content creator and YouTube. There will be a revenue split. The advertiser wants to get on the video. Google makes some money. The person who made the content makes some money. Pretty straightforward relationship. And one of the one of the reasons YouTube has turned into so so rapidly into a, uh, a destination for premium content is because there's a business model baked into it that works for the providers like ourselves. And to get to partnership, you have to go through a couple requirements, right? Yes, yes. Uh, currently, in order to become a partner, you have to have a minimum of 1,000 channel subscribers. You have to accumulate more than 4,000 watch hours in the previous 12 months yeah. to be a partner. So it was, a, it was it was a little tough to be a part of it. However, on the remaining videos, there would be no advertising shown. Mm -hmm. On the remaining videos that weren't part of a partnership channel, there, there, you know, there would be no advertising. Well, that's the thing that changed in this new update. This uh, amendment gives YouTube the right to monetize content that's not part of a partnership channel mm. and uploaded kind of like a freebie, just a person who just uploads a video to YouTube. YouTube can turn the ads on on that video now. And of mm. course, there's no revenue split because there's no partner relationship. Yeah. So that goes straight to YouTube. So YouTube's trying to make a few extra bucks. Yeah. Uh, I can't say I'm surprised by it. For the end user, it's going to probably mean you're going to have fewer experiences interacting with content. But this kind of actually reminds me of the Apple situation where it was like, 98% of App Store developers account for less than 5% of the actual transactions in the App Store when for uh, considered for like volume yeah. or total transaction amount. It's kind of the same way on YouTube where you may think this is going to have a huge impact on your experience, but I'm guessing a lot of your current interaction with YouTube is already with partners. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's already with channels that meet this criteria like how many channels do you watch with less than a thousand subscribers well i'm a outlier i love watching those videos but how do you find them because if you think about the home page i mean you rarely bump into a channel that's less, true yeah with less than a thousand less than a thousand think about that for a second yeah i actively look for them because well, i like the uh gems well hey man i say. appreciate that i mean mm -hmm. you're supporting you're supporting the little uh the small businesses on YouTube trying For to get sure, to that yeah. partner status. You can find cool things. I'm just saying the way things are going with the suggested mm -hmm. kind of stuff, so so much more of what we're watching is being surfaced by the algorithm. Yes. And of course, the algorithm is going to have preference for stuff that's previously been successful. Mm -hmm. That just makes a lot of sense. But uh, nonetheless, this will, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not going to diminish the number of ads on the platform. It will, there will be a few more for you to get through even when you land on a channel. Now, I would say they should probably just give the person a cut if the ad is there, but I don't know, maybe that might be difficult because... Do they know that... That person wouldn't even have a an ads account because they wouldn't even be really yeah, doing YouTube no say, professionally. Really. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit difficult how you do it. Maybe you lower the threshold. Maybe that's what you do, Will. You lower the threshold for what it takes to be a partner. Yeah. But, I read that uh, they don't know how many uh, channels are going to be in this test. Apparently, it's just going to be. Hmm. You know what? You can't lower the threshold. The reason they came with the threshold in the first place was because 
they were getting all that heat from advertisers for being on content that was not yeah. the most uh, friendly. Yeah. And if you just enable this across the board, then people come and say, why are you in partnership with that content creator mm -hmm. who's publishing this negative stuff and things like this? So it's, it's actually more complex, but they're still going to have to vet those small channels because if you're an advertiser, you don't want to be on that either if you don't know what it is. So it's it's complex. This is a complex business regardless. Yeah. But uh, I guess it's noteworthy. And how about the 13 billies so far this year? YouTube doing YouTube things. Mm -hmm. uh, the parent company of Jag... How do you say Jaguar? Do you say Jaguar or Jaguar? That's the... If you're British, you say Jaguar. Jaguar. The first one. Jaguar? Yeah. Like... Uh, all right. So yeah, I do the same thing. But people okay. get upset, for example, with Porsche. If you don't say Porsche, you have to put Porsche. Anyway, yeah. car car company pronunciation. They are mad, actually, at the Porsche parent company, VW. They're mad at uh, Audi and all the rest of it. They had some uh, patent on some unique four-wheel drive stuff. By the way, the parent company, Tata, is, a, is an Indian company. Tata? Tata. JLR. They purchased the uh, UK-based Land Rover slash Jaguar a long time ago, and they're having a dispute over a certain four-wheel drive technology. And this dispute has now led to them attempting to have imports in the, in the U.S. banned for Audi, Porsche, Volkswagen, and Lamborghini SUVs. Hmm. Because believe it or not, all those varieties of companies, like Volkswagen owns everything now. Right. You can include uh, they, a lot of luxury brands. They own a little bit of everything. Yeah. Massive company. Anyway, apparently, I guess they snagged this particular technology. There's a name for it. What do they call it? The broad range of surfaces technology. It, or a technology that helps these vehicles negotiate a broad range of surfaces. It's a key feature in the Jaguar F-Pace and the Land Rover Discovery vehicles. And then I guess something similar or similar enough to cause the ruckus showed up in SUVs from Audi, Volkswagen, Lamborghini, Porsche. So this, every every single uh, Porsche Cayenne that you see on the road there, they're trying to block them. Mm. Stop the imports until they get this sorted out or get some sort of a cash payment mm -hmm. or something like this. So this just uh, illustrated to me, uh, well, for one, how big of a deal Volkswagen is owning 17 different brands underneath it. And, uh, and also, how do these things... It made me think about how these things leak. Like, who brings that tech? Sound like a software thing mm. to me. Did they poach? Did they poach some employees, some developers, throw it into their vehicles, uh, or is the whole? I mean, we don't obviously know, but that's what they're aiming to do. So, uh, I don't know how effective it will be. They'll probably come to some sort of settlement mm. before it has to go too deep. They uh, they also file patent lawsuits in federal courts in Delaware and New Jersey seeking cash compensation for use of this technology. So we'll see what they end up doing, if it's cash compensation or some other thing. But in the meantime, they're trying to block those imports. I'm interested in population stuff, demographic stuff. Always have been. I don't know. What you the, like the infographics. I, and I love, and, and, and by the way, by the way, this particular story has an amazing infographic. And when, when you scroll down, it's not this one that you're looking at. I like this one. Yeah. When you scroll down, you're going to see it. Don't scroll down yet. Okay. 
When you do, you're going to see it. This uh, is a story about the population race. A 300-year look at China versus India. Obviously, two population giants. The future of the world or the present of the world, to be honest with you. And uh, we're, talking, we're talking about big numbers in the billions. Now, I've talked in the past about how uh, China's slowing down on the growth. I think we've covered it on this show. China's slowing down on the growth. India's still picking up steam for a bit. Now, this particular graph starts at 1800 and takes you up to 2100 and it uses data dating back all the way to 1800, all the way back to 1800 and looking at demographic data of today and growth rate projections. Mm. So that's sort of what it's based on. But it showcases how India will pass China for population right around 2026. They will be tied at which point India will continue to climb and China will dip off pretty pretty hard after that time. And that's in the, that's soon, man. I don't know if you knew this, Will. That's only six years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, right what does here. this mean? Well, population brings productivity. <laughs> and China has aimed, ha has attempted to reverse the one-child... Well, no, they have reversed the one-child policy in an attempt to increase their population, mm -hmm. improve their population growth, but it's not really working. No. And and we have all this evidence that it doesn't really turn around once it starts to go the other way in many developed nations when it comes to population. So anyways, you scroll down and uh, you might as well go all the way down to my favorite infograph. Look at this baby right here. Oh. It's a video and, and it starts at the beginning of, uh, what is it? 1800 actually i think this one starts in the 90s but look at this and it's all moving around in the different age brackets and india's on the left and china's on the right and i apologize for anybody who's just listening to the audio you're really going to want to see it's like a blob movie it's a beautiful beautiful it is, yeah implementation it's really impressive anyway uh what you're looking at is how the distri the distribution of population is changing in these two nations over time and how Essentially, you see a shrinking of the young population, which sort of starts as a pyramid in the beginning of population growth. Looks and like then a it, tree. It, inv it inverts as time goes on yeah. and people have less kids. It becomes a tornado. Yeah, it becomes a tornado, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and the population gets old, obviously, and then eventually dies off and things slow down. And as you can see, they've, there's been a different rate in these two nations India come into the party a little bit later. I mean, they were way behind. And mm -hmm. then you see the young population and the slowdown on the Chinese side, and you recognize exactly what's going on. Now, as a population ages in a particular nation, they become less productive in most cases. Mm -hmm. uh, they retire. They need health care. All these things take place. So you, you don't want, in most cases, if you're interested in uh, economic well-being, you don't want to get these numbers too out of control. You want to have a some sort of replacement for the workforce, or maybe we can get robots to do it by then. We'll see. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen fast enough. Uh, but then the other thing that happens is you become more competitive. you got more people mm -hmm. working on more things, exporting more goods. And mm -hmm. so that's the other part of the conversation because we do have some uh, GDP numbers in here as well, ec uh, economic numbers. And if you scroll down to that, you can see China, India, and the U.S. as of 2016, and then projections up to 2050. As you can see, India rapidly, I mean, look at the growth rate, my mm. God, going from 8.7 trillion in 2016 up to 44 trillion by 2050. So the economic side might take a little longer to catch up, but the population side, according to these projections, very soon. 
Yeah, they're producing. We would we will have a, a new most populous country mm -hmm. fairly shortly, if uh, if uh, if nothing majorly changes in this data, uh, then that's what we're probably going to see. Humans, by the way. Oh, speaking of uh, demographics, this is kind of a nice little transition over here. We were looking at that. What did you call it? It was a pizza slice. What'd you call the upside down triangle? Christmas tree. Uh, no, no, no. The other way when it goes oh, the other tornado. way. A tornado. Yeah. yeah. So one of the ways in which the tornado continues to get bigger is people keep living longer. Mm -hmm. So you see how that goes. The top part gets bigger. Yeah. Anyway, here's one way in which people can live longer. Maybe uh, you can stick around a few more years, Will. I don't know if you got it in you, but hopefully we can see at least a couple more. And this might help you. Humans have found a way to reverse aging. They got a little study going on here. And you know what they're going to use? It's not anything super high-tech or new. It's just people had speculated maybe this would work. Uh, they put people in the hyperbaric chamber. They give them the oxygen therapy. And this is, you know, you sit inside that thing. Sometimes they use it for those divers. They decompress. Or, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Fighters, I think, use it sometimes mm -hmm. to recover. But anyway, they're just feeding you bunch of oxygen and you're laying down in there and uh they they made a couple of uh people do this it was israeli scientists and they were able to show a reversal of aging in two key biological clocks in humans with this oxygen therapy in a pressurized chamber there's these things called telomeres if you've ever listened to Rhonda patrick on rogan's podcast she's always right. about the telomeres yeah you got to see the length of these that. things it's a big time aging marker anyway they were able to reverse um, the signs of aging, essentially, on on these 35 healthy adults. They were aged 64 or older, and they received 60 oxygen therapy sessions over three months, and they actually showed a marked improvement on those markers. Hmm. So I don't know about you, but I'm about to hit one of these up at the new studio. I need to get the hyperbaric yeah, chamber Let's get that set up. I got to start aging backwards, ideally. Uh, now, look, this is complicated stuff because... It's not uh, a one-sided thing. There could be some downside that they figure out after as well. Yeah. And uh, if you try too aggressively to slow down aging, you may have side, you know, some other side effect. Yeah. So like a horror movie. You need you need some more you need some more studying here. But uh, I'd say that's a pretty cool finding, nonetheless. Would you try it? Absolutely. Get some oxygen in a pressurized chamber. Why not? Would you be the first patient? Yeah, give it to me. No, like they just did 35 study. healthy adults. It's good enough for me. I'm getting in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I need to pick. I need to pick one of these up. No, they've used these things for a while, just never with this particular aim. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So don't, this reverses aging. It it doesn't stop it. It actually makes you grow younger. Well, when they're looking at these telomeres, um, they as you grow older, your cells continue to, to divide. And uh, these telomeres gradually become shorter. Hmm. Once they become too short, the cell can no longer replicate and eventually dies. Now, in this clinical trial, they were able to, was it shorten, shorten the telomeres or actually lengthen? It, lengthen. Right? Where, where, what do they say here? It's a good question. Telomere shortening. In clinical trial, scientists collected the subject's blood samples and... They had no other changes, by the way. That's important to note as far as lifestyle is mm. concerned. Their blood work showed significant increases in telomere length. So, yeah, reverse. 
Wow. Increases in length, not just the stopping of a shortening. Because I guess having a 60-day trial wouldn't be enough anyways. Yeah. They would have to look for a marked change going the other way. So a lengthening until now you're excited. It would be interesting if uh, this was installed in like homes. Yeah, everyone has their just, own hyperbaric yeah. chamber that they uh, go in you on just a daily, live in it, like normal, and we never die. Yeah, sounds scary. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we got one more science story for you. If that wasn't enough, how about we just start editing monkey brains and to give them human intelligence? If uh, if the last story wasn't good enough for you. Is this CRISPR? Are they doing that? This must be. It must be CRISPR. Uh, this is uh, researchers added human genes to a marmoset fetus, resulting in a monkey with a highly advanced brain. So the monkey's uh, brain in a particular section, an important section that we use to be smart and do human things, the neocortex, it's, uh, that's the section that's concerned with language and learning. They put these human genes into it because we've all wondered, like, what is it about the what is it about the apes and the monk? Like, what's different? What happened here? Where was the break? Like, yeah. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of study that goes yeah, into yeah. this. Why did this group become aware, and how did it happen over time? Or evolution doesn't stop, so presumably these creatures still evolve. I mean, you have Planet of the Apes, obviously, or Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey. Well, Space Odyssey that's humans, but yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Well, they, they ate, like, protein, right? Isn't that how they un unlocked, like, the brain? Yeah, there's that uh, argument, fire. Fire, yeah. Fire Weapons. expedite things, more nutrition, more calorie-dense meals. People dispute that as well, and yeah, depending yeah. what side you want, what, what your agenda you want to push. But anyway, Very interesting. there's a lot of mystery that goes with it. So the, 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 the thinking is there, could you expedite the intelligence of a, of a living creature like an ape by giving it some human stuff? And now... What's kind of unfortunate about this one is it sounds really exciting and you're like, whoa, I want to meet this new marmoset that's sort yeah. of human. No, they had to kill it like right away. Why? Because they can't, they don't know the ethics of it. If it's self, imagine it comes out self-aware speaking English. What did you want to study though? What do you do with it at that point? Uh, what are its rights? Yeah. Is it a human? Absolutely. You see how dangerous no. that gets? So it was it's part of the deal. It's part of the deal yeah. with these studies. They... They could show off that it had a much improved or enlarged neocortex, and then they had to end the study basically right there. Really? Yeah, because oh. you know how it goes in Planet of the Apes, Well, Yeah. They come out intelligent, and then you get two intelligent ones, and then they go, and then they're better than humans. And then Isn't you're, there like you're, more studies? Dead. I don't even think I watched Planet of the Apes, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Yeah, you, you've got the gist of it. Anyway, so there is, I mean, it's a really particular gene and uh, it's kind of amazing to see that just a small amount of uh, interaction here mm -hmm. creates the result that you're looking for. And here's the quote. In light of potential unforeseeable consequences with regard to the postnatal brain function, we considered it a prerequisite and mandatory from an ethical point of view to first determine the effects of, and it outlines that gene, A-R-H-G-A-P-11-B, on the development of fetal marmoset neocortex. So... Uh, they wanted to see if it would do anything first before letting it grow to adult. I see. Or even take I mean, over the even world. Er even earlier than adult. Yeah. So, yeah. Before before they let it take over the world because it's got the physicality of the. Well, it's only a marmoset though. It's not like it's a gorilla or a, a yeah. Uh, even a chimpanzee. So 
Let's just keep that in mind. And he looks really happy right there. I mean, that's yeah, not the same. It's not the same guy. marmoset, but no. I mean, I bet you though. At the same time, that guy could probably, if he was super aggressive, I don't think you want to be in the same room as him. Well, he, if he's smarter than us, he would try to outsmart. No, us. I'm saying even regular marmoset. Oh yeah. If he's just in here right now, and he doesn't want to be. Like I don't yeah. think. I mean, if you you could you could be out there by the dumpster and encounter a raccoon and kind of be like cagey about uh -huh. it, and they're not even really they're not nearly as nimble as this guy. Yeah. If this guy's got a problem with you, let me tell you something. You got a problem too. Yeah, it's over. As far Stop as I'm concerned. Me. So anyway, there you have it. Science.